Hello, welcome to the Why God Why podcast. This is brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. My name is Peter Englert. I am the host for today's episode. We respond to the questions that you don't feel comfortable in church. You might not have asked the question that we're gonna deal with today, but you probably have thought about it. The question we're dealing with today is, why is what I wear spiritual? I am so glad to be with my new friend, Toy Sweeney. Um, We're going to let her introduce herself in a little bit, but Toy um, is originally from the Philadelphia area, came here through Houston, and she's going to share a little bit of her story. So, and she works in fashion and branding, so she has a lot to share with us. So, Toy, welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I could talk about this all day. I promise you that I won't because I am very chatty, but I'm very excited for uh, the conversation. And thank you again for having me. That's great. Well, why don't you take a little bit to share your story, um, if you could weave in your faith journey, but also your professional journey. Hmm. Um, you know, we, we got some time. Let's hear it. <laughs> I was like, wow, <laughs> both? I'm used to doing one or the other. Okay. So um, as you said, my name is Toy Sweeney. I am the founder of a company called The Well-Dressed Brand. And the company started five years ago when I was, uh, I spent the last decade or so before that working in live television at QVC. Yes, America's favorite home shopping network. (laughs) Um, I worked there as the style director and I had the opportunity to dress all 30 program hosts to create their on-air image. And so that was so much fun and I learned a lot. And I had actually was you know, ready. And I did my first podcast interview and my friend Ryan wrote and said at the end of the podcast, he said, you should write a book. (laughs) And I said, you know what? I will. And so I started working on secrets of a well-dressed brand. I left my corporate job about a year later. And then on that, after that, I was on the Donald Miller podcast and I've been on featured on probably about over 30 podcasts at this point. Um, I've had a couple of national articles. I've been featured in Forbes.com, BBCnews.com. Um, oh my gosh, I forget. This is terrible. Um, but I don't walk around keeping track. <laughs> uh, where else? Uh, Where Women Works magazine. Um, I did a TED Talks, a TEDx last year which feels like a couple months ago. Um, Yes, so I am an expert in um, the image perspective of personal branding. How do you really live out your personal brand is really what I do. And so, um, yeah, so my faith journey is that we had, um, I, my husband grew up Catholic (laughs) and I was always raised in church, but I wouldn't say that um, I had a, I had a, like a, head knowledge of of the presence of the Lord, but I didn't have a heart Mm. uh, posture of him. And so we I recommitted myself when we went to Valley Forge Baptist Church. Shout out to VFBT and (laughs) um, met my husband. We've been married, what, 25 years? Nope, that's not true. We have been married for 20 years together, 25. So he got saved um, 2009 at Valley Forge. And um, yeah, we just kind of started this journey and through that, um, the Lord has just been so faithful and we have um, about 10, see our son is 12, about 10 years ago, uh, we were really challenged with, um, I had a uterine eruption and we lost our first child, Miles. Mm -hmm. And that was very challenging because my husband was very new in his faith and I was just, we were still kind of figuring our way through a lot of different things. And, um, you know, Valley Forge is known as the Caring Church, and so they just loved us through 
really being faithful and not giving up and the amount of people that we were encouraged just because at our most broken time, we were still faithful. We were still going. We couldn't talk. We couldn't, I couldn't dress fancy. I had, you know, I was in the hospital for eight days at two blood transfusions. So I was mm-hmm. wearing sweatsuits to church, but I was still going. Wow. <laughs> and so um, that's kind of been um, kind of the theme of our lives, right? Just keep moving forward. You know, that even regardless of what life is handing you is really about how you choose to look at it and remembering that God's word does not return void, you Mm. know, and he really has never, ever left us. Um, Even in our darkest hour, he's never left. He's always been there. And so that's kind of what gets us up in the morning and why I feel that, you know, going into a really tough time coming off of a tough time as a black woman in business. What? (laughs) You know, we are the we start the most businesses, but they don't keep running. So, Mm -hmm. you know, all of the challenges that are, are coming, I can still count it all joy. And I'm so grateful for that. And I can still wake up every morning and say amen. So. That's my life in a nutshell. <laughs> wow, that that was like one of the most succinct putting those two together. What, uh, there's so many themes I want to just respond to, but the, I, I think the first one I want to come back to our original question: yeah. Why is what I wear spiritual? And you know, I guess there's I'm anticipating an assumption that I can't be both a follower of Jesus and into branding and it's almost like you have christian leaders that will say like to have a brand is self-promotion but you know i i'm no fool like if you're out in public you have a brand whether you want to or not so how do you kind of personally fuse both of those things together you know with you know out, outward appearances, the branding, internal and values, but also a follower of Jesus. How do you see that playing together? That's a great question. So I think that when we think about branding, right, at its um, core, it's really about association, right? So when I say to you, Starbucks, there's something that happens in your brain. You know, you get images, you have words, you may smell coffee. When I say target, you know, you, you there's something else that pops into your brain, right? The same way, regardless of your walk, it's the same thing that happens when you say Jesus. Even Jesus had a brand, you know, mm-hmm. because he was known for something, right? When you think about your best friend or your dog or just your favorite whatever, right? There's all of these things that are associated. At the end of the day, that's what branding is. So in 1997, when Tom Peters coined the phrase personal branding, this is what I work on, um, he really was calling us to be the chief marketing officers of ourselves, of our careers. And he was saying, even then, he's saying, this is 1997. He's like, There's going to come a time, now think about today, there's going to come a time where you're going to have to promote yourself, where you're going to have to take a note from these large companies and do exactly what they're doing in order for you to move forward in your Mm. career. None of us could have predicted the pandemic and, and TikTok taking off and all of these influencers, right? Who knew there was even gonna be a Christian TikTok? Like what? 
right? And so like all of these things are all about what's associated with, one of the things I was thinking about this morning, sidebar, was what's associated because we haven't we've met twice in in person right so is the color gray that you have on i was thinking <laughs> about that like i was like if i see you on a big screen when i talk to you over zoom like that's your brand color to me it may not be but that's what is associated to me when i see that so that's what it's really about and so when you think about your spirituality and you think about what you want to be known for. It's mm. about alignment, right? So it's about your personality, your core values, your mission, your vision, and your image. Mm. All of those things need to align. And so your wardrobe is, is certainly a part of that. So if you are saying that you're one thing and then you're showing up as something else, mm. you're sending just a confusing message. I wouldn't want to say the wrong message. I'm not about um, first impressions. Mm. I think that first impressions are dead. Uh, I think that it's more important to send the right impression. Mm. So what's the right impression is the question that you have to ask yourself. And then all are all of those things align mm. with are you dressing the message? Are you dressing the way that you want to be addressed? Mm. It's all of those things. Did I answer the question? No, kind that's, of. That's super helpful. <laughs> so I'm going a little off script. And no, it's I fine. Think, I think you and I are kindred spirits and going off script. Yes. If Jesus lived today, yeah. How do you think he'd do branding? Oh my goodness! I think that uh, that's a really good question. I've been thinking about that so much, and I really don't have like a scripted answer. So. I think that, you know, I think that if he had to have an anthem, right, like his just do it slogan, I think it would be remember what I told you. Mm. I really do think that. And I think that it would really be about not putting him in a box mm. because I think that we tend to do that. And I think that um, he would have such a clear message about things that have nothing to do with him. For example, I remember one day when I was um, I was in church and um, I was new to the church. And so um, most people, most women anyway, um, didn't really wear jeans. And it was a Wednesday night. So I was coming from work and I worked in a corporate a corporation, but obviously, but I could wear jeans and I went right to church. Right. Which is the most important thing was that I was there. And one of the teenagers ran up to me and she goes, oh, you're wearing jeans. And I looked at her and I I tilted my head kindly and I said what does denim have to do with Jesus <laughs> and she couldn't answer me right and so that's where I always think that like somewhere in his branding statement would be you know the person who's not in a box mm. you know because we put so many things in this box but we don't really put him because he can't fit into it and so that, I, I just always think that that's what I think his brand would be. I also think that he, you know, in this time of mental health and people are pushing kindness, you know, he just, he didn't have those issues. And so he would be the calm and, you know, just like the mental health guru. And just every time you're like, but I have anxiety and I'm so worried about it. And he's like, remember what I told you? Mm. But he's doing this and she's doing that. And I just don't trust. And I don't think that. And I'm so hurt because it. Okay. 
remember what I told you though. Mm. You know, and then the next question is, okay, well, you know, he'd have like all the online courses, <laughs> right? Well, how do I learn what you told me? Oh, let me tell you, let me show you, right? So anyway, I think about that all the time and I don't know. I was thinking about it as I was walking in today and I'm like, I don't know. He never talked about what the woman in the well was wearing. He never said like I couldn't help her or tell her because she was wearing this. Mm. You know, I could not use, you know, Goliath or David or whatever, whomever because they weren't wearing the right shoes. Like it's ridiculous. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> No, no, this is this is great. Um, <clears throat> so you, you kind of touched on it. You know, I, I think that probably some of the assumptions in, um, you know, with our listeners is that, you know, Christians have this really weird view of fashion. Yeah. Um, why don't you share some of the complexities of that? <laughs> and just, you know, you shared a little bit about your Oof. experience, but, you know, just just kind of what you've walked through, because. Again, I think what you're saying is, you know, again, uh, let me frame it because I think that'd be helpful. But on one hand, in the book of Colossians, it says, whatever you do, do under the glory of God. Yes. But it doesn't say, like, wear your tunic. Right. Um, and then, you know, but on the other hand, like, there's just some assumptions that people pick up about fashion and spirituality and Christianity so, I mean, how have you navigated that? What are some examples? What are maybe some things that just frustrate you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh the frustrations. Well, I have a couple of thoughts on that. I think that, um, you know, going back to the fact that branding is about association. So what do you want to be known for, right? And so I think that oftentimes you're taught in the church that, especially as a woman, that you don't want to be a stumbling block, as if a man can't be because they, they could be, right? And you want to cover up because you don't want to this person thinking and doing. Well, you know, and here comes the controversy. You know, I just disagree with a little bit of that only because I think that, you know, like in my friend circle, I say, <laughs> a man is a man is a man is a man is a man, right? Meaning that, you know, it's no secret how often men think about sex. And so even if I'm wearing a tunic, even if I have a turtleneck on and a skirt down to the floor, you know, I have had experiences. Other women have had experiences. If a person's going to look at you um, in a different light, then they're still going to look at you in that light. Now, I do have a had a situation where um, a friend of mine came up to me because she is um, she's an exceptional woman and person and she does not wear pants I don't think and ever I've only ever seen her in a skirt that goes to the floor I don't even think she shows her wrist and she was telling me this beautiful story one day about how one of the young men and and our in the church at the time had come up to her and was really grateful that her and her family specifically her daughters um, were not stumbling blocks that they were always dressed appropriately and very modest um, and all of these things and she was celebrating that and I celebrated that with her but the inner toy <laughs> was like, here's what we're not going to do. I can still be modest and I don't need to wear for me personally. I don't need to wear something that is, you know, all the way down to like, I just don't need to dress in a certain way. And, you know, 
a lot of times I see these women out and again I went to school for like I this is my life's work this gift that God gave me I've never wanted to do anything else right so this is the seed that the Lord has planted in me so mm. I'm not going I just I look at some of these outfits and I'm like oh oh no never like I'm never going to wear that I'm just not and so it has been a challenge because when I was serving prior um you know if you, the rule of the church, right? It's just like any corporation, you have to follow the dress code. So the rules of the church was that if you were in ministry, now this is no longer a rule of the church, but it was at that time. If you are in ministry, you can't wear pants. Mm. You can wear them on a Sunday night service or whenever you're not, you know, but I was in a leadership role. So I absolutely could not wear pants. And so I didn't care. You know, I didn't feel the need to rebel against that. Um, you know, but it didn't mean that I was going <laughs> to, but I, I wasn't going to wear a skirt down to my ankles because that's just not me. So I would still wear a dress um, that was, you know, not a, a deep V. If I had a dress that I really wanted to wear that was, you know, I was comfortable in and it had a plunging neckline or whatever, because maybe it's something I wear for date night, mm-hmm. then I would just put a tank top underneath. I put on a pair of tights. A lot of women don't like to wear pantyhose. I don't mind them. So it wasn't a big deal to me. So there were other ways for me to be modest um, and still modern because I still very much was working in the fashion industry. I was still leading and then I was still, you know, very much just styling for live television, like 13 billion homes. Mm. Like I can't show up to work and not look like a stylist. Like that doesn't make sense. Mm. So I did commit to the ridiculous a little bit, you know, which I just did. So I'm, I'm always wearing fur or feathers or something. <laughs> but, you know, now going back, the problem that I have with that since we're friends and I can be honest (laughs) is, you know, I feel like a lot of the times when in that kind of um, atmosphere, the um, weight of that is placed on the women. And I do have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's your responsibility. You know, it's solely up to you that if you just wear that spaghetti strap, you know, (laughs) the entire kingdom's gonna come crushing down and it's your fault. And I don't think that that's fair. I think that that gets caught up into religion and it starts to feel shameful. Um, And I kind of have a problem with that. And so I think that, again, going back to association, when you think about what do you want to say? I taught 11th grade Sunday school. So now I'm an example. So I want to be a good for me. I decided I wanted to be an example. And Mm. I felt like the Lord was really pressing on me to be an example of how to be in the world, but not of the world. Mm. That was what I felt like I was hearing from the Lord. So. That was how I chose to dress, that Mm. it needed to be modern and up to date. But I didn't also when I'm, you know, if a 16 year old kid, you know, male especially is coming up to me and hugging me, you know, then I don't I want to be dressed appropriate for Mm. me. That was the way that I felt about it. But it didn't also mean that even though, you know, I think I'm dressed pretty modest today, but it's still very modern. And so this is pretty much what I would wear at church. You know, Mm. so that's kind of my take on it. I've never been able to say that out loud, (laughs) but that's my frustration is just that I feel like it really gets put on the woman a lot of the times and the training and the responsibility from that part of it that frustrates me. I think that we need to spend more time building more um, the men, the leadership part of them 
and the stumbling part, the parts where they're stumbling and how do you interact with these women without putting shame and like, oh, it's her fault because I can't, whatever. Anyway, I can go on. Well, um, <laughs> I, I, I actually, so I mean, let me just get personal. Yeah. Um, I uh, I have two daughters. Um, Haley's gonna be turning four soon. Lucy's gonna be turning one soon. Yeah. What, what would you want to say to me as a dad in leading and loving, you know, leading with my wife and loving my daughters and kind of walking through them with fashion? Say, Peter, this is what I think, you know, you should be looking out as your girls grow up, as they kind of, you know, figure out their own fashion, their own style. What would you want me to know as a dad? Oh, that's a good question. I think that, you know, there's so little right now. And so you start by just kind of, you know, the normal things that conversations that you're having about their bodies and naming them, you know, giving them the real names. It's finding that age appropriate balance at every stage, mm -hmm. right? Because there's things that happen happens in the world and there's darkness that happens excuse me, in the world that has nothing to do with them. Mm. So for example, a lot of the little girls like wear the little shorts under dresses, right? And you would think if you're looking at it from, it, yes, it's for modesty, right? Of course. Um, but what runs through my head is, I'll never forget this. Like I, years ago, Oprah did a show, um, I mean, we're talking like two decades ago, um, on pedophiles mm. and she was just in the jail cell talking to him and it was something that was so innocent. So my point is, is that there's this darkness that are that highly sexualizes little girls. And so we have to be mindful of that and again, have these age appropriate conversations. And he was just describing, he was sitting in a park and the girls were little and they were just doing cartwheels, not even a big deal. But, and I won't go into detail, but the things that were happening to him as an adult, when he's watching these little girls do something that all of us did, is just hanging with your friends and you're just doing cartwheels. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's that part of the darkness that you have to, um, they're gonna have curiosities as they get older. I have friends who are fighting with their teens right now because they wanna wear, they live in a warm climate and they wanna wear tank tops to church, you know? And they're just like, you're absolutely not wearing that to church. And so I think that being able to have these, again, in the world, but not of the world conversations and saying, okay, here's what happens in our little bubble, right? And then there's these, this idea of modesty and what do you wanna say? And why do you wanna wear that? Let's mm. talk about that, right? I just feel like we don't go underneath enough. Like, why do you wanna wear that? It's easy when you're four, cause I wanna look like a princess or I want to actually be Spider-Man. You know, there is a little girl right now on Instagram who's three years old and her little Afro puffs and her full on Spider-Man um, costume. It's so awesome, you know, and so, it's having those conversations, but they get harder as you get older. But it's the same conversation you have in your 30s, in your 20s, in your 40s. What are you trying to say? What do you want to accomplish by wearing this? Mm. So I don't know if that helps, but. No, that's that's super helpful. And that actually kind of leads to kind of the heart of this conversation <laughs> because, you know, I think this episode is important for men and women yeah. to, to listen to. Um, so like, let's kind of go there. Why do you wear what you wear? Um, so you said to me, you said, Peter, every time I've seen you, you're in gray. I wouldn't say that that's like super intentional, but you know, I would also say probably my mom, thank you mom, 
said your winter complexion <laughs> you need to wear darker colors and that's kind of what looks nicer on you and also i just feel comfortable in it and i i tend to be a little bit more functional fashion wise as you're sitting down and talking with whether it's clients or friends or yourself and you're trying to align because this is an integrity issue mm -hmm. it's do your values who who god created you to be match with what you wear how right. do you walk them through that so i i use a lot of exactly what you said really really the psychology of color mm -hmm. right because again it's the alignment of your personality your mission your vision and your core values right and your mindset plays a big part in that as well so if part of your personality is quirky or like whatever then i think that that's important to to show that part of it too in addition to your core values and your missions and all a mission statement and all that stuff or your mission in life rather so one of the things that i use is the psychology of color i love to explain this by talking about apple because you know um it's easy and why not we all we like the product right even if you don't like it there's something you can understand where where they're coming mm -hmm. from right so when you think about Apple, for example. Now, in the in the sea of black headphones, they came out with these white headphones. Mm. When all of the other packagings packagings well, colors were all over the place, you get this sleek white box. So when you think about white, the color white, it is about new beginnings and fresh starts. So it makes sense that their mission statement is you know, think different or the brand statement, right, is think different, right? Because they're trying mm -hmm. to get you to think think differently. Mm -hmm. When you look at even, um, and this is not to get political, so don't come for me, um, <laughs> but just looking at when people are running for office, you know, and the colors that they chose to wear, when Hillary was giving her her final, you know, statement, she wore white. Right. Because I forget now, of course, it's not fresh in my head anymore, but um, I think she was really trying to compel to try something new. Right. Mm -hmm. We need a fresh start. Try something new. Pick me. Um, so it all kind of works the same. If you are giving a speech at a children's hospital and you're trying to wear to raise money. Right. You're, that's not the day that you want to wear orange, you know, when you're like creativity and fun and like, you know, no, you want people to take you serious and you're trying to do something that's really going to help people. So the most stable color that you could wear is blue. Mm -hmm. That's why most people wear blue on television or brown. Right. UPS. What can brown do for you? Because you can trust us. And so when you think about it in terms of that, that's kind of how I look at it for my clients as well. The first thing I ask them is, what do you want to say? How do you want people to think and feel about you when you enter the room? Mm. That's my first question. And most of the time they say things like, well, I want to be respected. I want to be, um, I don't, I, I don't, I just don't want people to think that I'm mean. I don't want, you know, I want to whatever, right? And so I go, okay. So then we just, I go through those colors. Now I do take into consideration what you said, right? Your mom told you you were a winter. <laughs> <laughs> so um, winter color, I'm a winter as well. The winter is really about 
uh, the eye color and the skin color and mm. dark hair, right? So we have brown eyes, we have dark hair, you know, but there's a lot of uh, b- brighter colors that are in that palette as well. I'm working on a client right now who's a winter. Um, yellows in that palette um, mm. or cooler colors, right? So pinks, turquoises. She loves like all of these things or that at least she's going to love it after I finish her branding deck. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, and so... It, it, She's a good example to use, actually. So I said to her, what do you want to say? And she said, I want them to think that I'm stylish and that I'm put together. Now, she's in the C-suite at a large, large corporation. So one of the things that we're working on is, you know, she loves turquoise. So that's going to actually be one of her key colors. Right. So anyway, that's kind of where, where we're going. And the reason that I brought that up. Hold on. Bear with me. So, OK, so turquoise, it communicates clarity idealism turquoise tells the world that you're creative you're clear-headed and you're self-sufficient she's a steadfast leader so that makes complete sense for that to be her key color Mm. does that make sense well i we're gonna have to share that palette on social media (laughs) so y'all better follow us because we're gonna share it when when this episode comes up so i wear gray why don't you tell me what no i'm gonna get you out of that gray if it's the last thing i do today (laughs) It's not bad, but I think there's more to you than gray. Well, it's such a meh. Well, let's okay. hear. Let's hear. Let's hear. So elegant. So it's really about stability, which is you're trustworthy. That makes sense. You're a pastor. It makes sense. Um, it tells the world that you're solid, you're classic, and that you're stable. So there's nothing wrong with that. You're doing the right thing. But there's all these other parts of your personality that I'm seeing, and I would like to see you wear some other colors. Well. <laughs> You know what, our listeners, um, this is for free for me. This is like we're having coffee together. Give me two colors I should wear. Oh, I think that you could do, I think it could be a mix of color. Okay. Right? So I like the idea, because I know you like your dark colors. I like the idea of, you can do the gray, but then mix it with something else. So do a navy and black, because it's still kind of like you're doing it together, but it's subtle enough that it still sends the same message of stability and authority. Um, I think you should wear a little bit of green. I think that could work. A little bit of green. Yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> no, no. Let's let's have some real fun here. Yeah. If I gave you my credit card, because you're so calm. Oh, I, I appreciate. <laughs> if I gave you my credit card, yes. <laughs> and because you were kind of, am I allowed to say this? Yes. I say give, it. I give you full permission. Uh-huh. <laughs> To, to go to, you know, and I shop more at Target than anywhere else. Like, I've gone through my stages, but anyways. And I, and I would say, Toy, this is my credit card. You right. Can, you can choose whatever two colors. What two colors would you put me in? Uh, well, I, ha- I don't know. I have to see what's in your closet already. And I also have to know your budget, because that's going to limit me. Well, just... It's not unlimited, but okay. just, pre- just pretend <laughs> it's see. a. I, I got some jeans. Sorry, let me on. see your shoes. I got some brown shoes. Okay, on. you mostly wear brown shoes, I think. Yeah, I got. So I. I, I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we have you on the pod. But I, in all seriousness, if um, if if money was no ob- object, and you were talking to me, and you said, Peter, I I want to hmm. stretch you. I want you to wear this. Okay, so. I have to I have to treat you like a client now. Okay. Okay. So my first question to you is, what do you want people to, when you hit the stage, right? Because I can't see you. All, well, maybe like you can actually in podcast. What do you want people to think, feel 
when they encounter you for the first time? What do you want their initial thoughts to be? So I was thinking about that. There's really three words. Okay. So it's warm, Mm -hmm. thoughtful, and connected. Okay. So thoughtful, you know, I'm at Enneagram 2. I want to be helpful. Okay. Um, (laughs) Warm, you know, just, you know, there's something I grew up with this desire to help help people feel included. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I tend to be drawn to the person in the corner that's by themselves. Like okay. something I love goes that. wrong. Yeah. And then um, you know, I connected is the lot. Like wherever I am, I want people to be able to know I, uh, I we'll get fun political here. <laughs> like what made Bill Clinton brilliant was I feel your pain. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you can argue whether he meant it or not, but to the people that were there with him, absolutely, they 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 felt that he meant it. So mm-hmm. when I'm with people, I want to feel connected in the way of like this person understands, and this is probably why a podcast. This person understands what mm-hmm. I'm going through. Yeah, I love that. So here, so this is what we would do then, right? So I still think that. I would probably play with different shades of blue then. Okay. Right? So that would look like um, dark denim jeans or light denim jeans, right? But just like the whole spectrum of blue, I would play around with that and it would be so much fun. Um, I would do something for you that most men probably don't do a lot outside of like all black or navy sometimes, but I would do some monochromatic looks in all navy like oh. all the way like navy kohan shoes not at target sorry um <laughs> they're kind of pop pop shoes but whatever you can wear those my husband wears them he's gonna kill me for saying that um you know like dark denim jeans you know i'm you know we'll do uh navy sweater i've seen you wear pullover sweaters but then we can do even a shirt underneath but then it could have something really cool on it you know but it's navy but maybe it has some pops of of like the warmer tone of orange or more gold yellow underneath because that's warm, but then everything else outside is really safe and, and stable. Mm. And so then that kind of shows your personality underneath. So I'm just gonna make this up. So underneath it is this navy printed, just navy shirt that has a print on it of like coffee cups. <laughs> and and I don't know, go. or bacon, I don't making that up. And but they're in hues of, you know, burgundies and oranges, like these fall colors. Um, so that, that that's going to kind of give like a little bit of warmth. But it's also going to be a point of conversation. Right. Somebody w- walks over to you or you walk up to them and they're like, are those avocados on your shirt <laughs> or is that bacon? Like, really? You know, um, and so that's one of the things that I do for my son. We were at the doctor's office the other day and this random guy sitting there and he goes, are those Philadelphia pretzels on your socks? Are those slushies? He's like, yeah, actually there they are. And so that's what I would do for you. So I would create a signature style that not only invites conversation, right? It's, it has to work to a like double blessing that invites people to come talk to you and that you also go and talk to people and it just stirs up that conversation. Does that make sense? No, that, that's super helpful. Um, and I, I want to kind of come back at some point to be practical with our listeners because I think that exercise brings them in. Something I I, kind of want to come back to what you said before because I I think it's really important. Um, You know, you had mentioned about being um, a black woman Mm -hmm. leading an organization and and I guess 
in this moment where I sense many Christians, not all, wanting to kind of join, you know, with the problem of racism, you know, what's your perspective and especially dealing with fashion? Um, because again, what you've devoted your life work to is the integrity of who you are and how you dress. And I, I guess from your perspective and as you brought this up as a black business owner, yeah. um, how would you want, I'll just throw me under the bus, yeah. a white male <laughs> to really kind of understand some of the complexities that you walk through dealing with racism and even our listeners to better help us be better reconcilers, to better help us live out the gospel better? I, I guess I'd be curious. Um, well, thank you for asking. <laughs> I haven't had to answer this outside of the walls of my house, really. Um, so... I think that, so my husband is um, Irish or white. Um, and so even during the height of the racial stuff, and I, like I said, we've been together for 25 years, you know, and so this is kind of a good example of, of one of the things that um, even in his knowing, he still doesn't know, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like step one is understand that, you know, there's a lot of privilege, you know, as that comes along with ob obviously being white, but also being a white male, right? You're kind of like at the top of the food chain. And so we were talking one day about something that was going on in the world. And and I said to him, you you have a you know, you, you're in the house and you're able or you're able to look inside the house. But it's very different than when you live in the house. And mm. he said, I never thought about it that way, mm. you know. And so I was like, yeah, you you're in this world with me, but it's very different when you have to walk in. So like now it's like a running joke, because every time something happens to him that would never happen to me, I'm just like the caucasity of it all. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the caucasity the caucasity of it all like that would never happen you know to me um, or he'll say something on a phone call and I'm like I would never be able to say that you know when I worked in corporate America because you know there's so it's about the association right branding and so um, just understanding the association sometimes not all the time and not with everyone but when I show up it's that if I'm not smiling it's why aren't you smiling why are you angry why are you this you should be that you should be this which is why I love color so much because it kind of helps you know me you everyone to kind of control the narrative but especially if you are a person of color it is one of the best ways to be impactful in your communication because you can control the narrative and so i was reading the other day about how um, black women are outpacing white women um, specifically um, or just other women i guess in general excuse me um, with starting businesses we are leading the pack but we we can't stay we don't it, it's not we can't sustain it because we don't have the resources to mm. and so i look at other w women um who are maybe even doing the same thing that i'm doing and maybe we started at the same time and when i'm talking to mentors and like i have so many who are just exceptional and i'm like what am i doing wrong and they're just like you're not you're mm. not you're doing everything right you know, and when I'm talking to these same women, they're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't have to do any of that. Mm. Or I say, well, where did you get the money to do X, Y, and Z? And they're like, oh, I, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> you know, and I was like, I don't want to say that it's that, but it is that, right? And so you're just taught 
um, from a young age that you're going to you just prepare yourself because I'm you're going to have to work twice as hard for less money, mm-hmm. you know. And when I think about what I was paid in, you know, a corporate environment to be a corporate stylist, you know, and when I was so severely underpaid, you mm-hmm. know, and so that was part of the reason that I decided to leave. So I definitely have something to to prove. It was a lot of prayer and a lot of fasting and a lot of reading the circle maker and walking myself around that building crying going, Lord, are you sure you want me to leave? Are you sure? Because this is stable and I'm, I'm walking into the wilderness and I have to say, okay to this. Are you sure? <laughs> and I did, you know, now, my privilege comes along with the fact that I am married. Is it? It's going to be a little harder for someone who's single, you know, and that I couldn't do what I'm doing if he wasn't doing what he's doing. But I'm certainly not in a position where I don't have to work. Mm-hmm. So my clients all mean so much to me because I do have to contribute to my household. Mm-hmm. And so it was very difficult, especially coming off of a year, you know, with the pandemic. So. There's that. So just understanding that I have to move to the world very differently. Um, I'm not even considered as some people's standard of beauty. So then there's that where you just walk in or you speak and you're getting ignored because why do I need to pay attention to you? Mm. You know, um, I don't typically have a lot of that problem, but I know people that do. You know, why is your hair like that? Like everything about your culture becomes a distraction from your mission and your goal and what you're trying to accomplish. You know, I remember even, uh, you know, walking through the halls of our old church one time and um, I was counting the amount of times that people touched my son's hair, counting the amount of times that somebody touched me. You know, like does when was the last time somebody just walked up to you, Peter, and just like oh your hair and they touched your hair or if you're wearing a fur vest they're stroking you like constantly being touched like that's not something that most women or not women do but it's another level for a black woman even though one day I was in church and this girl smacked me on the fanny and I was like it was so inappropriate and I'd never seen her do that to any other person in our church but she felt like she had license to do it to a woman of color. Mm. And that's a huge problem. Mm. You know, like, what? Mm. (laughs) And so I remember explaining one day to one of our pastor's wives, and I said to her, because I had, I've always had something furry, and she was just like, you know, and I said to her, you have to understand that we have thousands of members. So think about that. By the time that I walk out to my car, how many times I have been stroked Mm. and petted, like I'm somebody's pet dog. Mm. So I need you all to stop touching me, (laughs) all of you, you know, and so it's just all of these things that kind of get into the way of just who you want to be, you know, or who you are. God called you to be like, this is who he made me to be. This is he put this melanin on my blood and my bones, (laughs) you know, and so I'm celebrating it. And I just need you to be mindful of how you choose to celebrate it, like you with your words, (laughs) not with that. So, um, and I'm going to try to do this as sensitive as possible. Um, So I have hair that if I grow it out, it's an Mm -hmm, afro. mm -hmm. Um, And so. It's curls. Yeah, it's (laughs) curls. And now my daughter does too. Yeah. Now, you know, when, when you, um, you know, when you talked about touching, 
I got touched a lot as a kid. Like people yeah. would just come up and touch my hair. Because it's go, different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they would say things like, you know, when I was in school, they actually called me curly fries. Yeah. At one point, they said, you know, you have the Brillo pad hat. Right. Nice. And, and <laughs> so I, I can't relate to the race side of right. Like, but I can relate to this is very different. Yeah. And and so like I can kind of understand. And even yeah. with my daughter, I. I don't always know how I feel yeah. when so, and I've never assumed anybody's ill intent. Right, of course. Uh, but I've always just kind of wondered, I, I want her to know that she's more than the hair like her daddy. Right. And and, and I even try to, to say that to her, like, you have the same hair that your dad has. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Am I processing through that? Yeah. And it's, but what, what you said that was so beautiful is that, you know, you answered your own question in the sense of like, there's so much more to her than that. There's so much more to me than that. There's so much more to input any ethnicity. There's so much more. Mm. And you really, again, just kind of create this distraction away from the beauty You know, and so what you're doing and what you are going to continue to do is just celebrate it, Mm. you know. And so when I see a little girl like yours who has curly hair, I always say, oh, I love your curls. Mm. You know, I don't touch them. I don't you know, I just go, oh, I love I love those curls. I love them. You know, when I see a little kid with glasses on, I get so excited because it's like my favorite thing in the world is a little kid with glasses, (laughs) on, especially when they're like four. Like, I love your glasses. (laughs) I love them. They are so cool. You know, and so I just think that it's really about how can I get to know you and what do you have to offer that no one's talking about that I need to know about. Toy, this interview has been super helpful. I want, I want to kind of close with it because I, I, I feel like you didn't just answer the question, but you kind of applied. So where I want to close, we have one question we always ask, but as a listener is kind of engaging this for themselves, why is what I wear spiritual? What would be maybe one to three things that you would say, I want you to think about this and especially what you wear to matching, whether they're of faith or not of faith. Obviously we're coming from the the bias of Jesus followers, but what would you encourage them to think about? So I would say, ask yourself, the first question is, what do I want to say? Mm-hmm. You know. Sometimes it's it's about your mood. What do you need today? Do you need to feel confident? Mm. Do you need kindness? You know, what do you need today? Mm. And then I would also are you ask yourself, are you dressing the way that you want to be addressed? Mm. So are you dressing in a way that is if you want people to be kind, if you want people because re- the reality of it is is that we still live in a world that People are going to draw an association if you wear a red micro mini skirt with thigh high boots. There's still there's still going to be things that are being associated with that. So are you dressing the message? Are you dressing Mm. the way that you want to be addressed for that day? Are you standing in your power, male or female, of who it is that you were created to be? Mm. Wow. I I had to like catch my brain up to what I was hearing because I was just, you know, like what you said is really straightforward, but 
you got to process over it. So we kind of, we started out here with Jesus. We always close with Jesus. So what does Jesus have to say about this topic? So this is how we do this. If, uh, if one of my co-hosts, Aaron's usually here, but he couldn't make it today, we answer that question and then uh, we ask the guest to clean up any mess we make. So <laughs> do you like that? So, I love it. Um, you know, what does Jesus have to say about this topic? You know, I, I love the idea of Jesus like having an online class for, you know, like I just, I just think, or like a master class. And, you know, I, I think with the Sermon on the Mount, you know, I love how you said, remember what I said, but I think what Jesus does in the Sermon on the Mount is he doesn't tell you exactly what to do. He says, why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, if you just took the Beatitudes, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the peacemakers, you know, whether you're a winter, fall, spring, summer complexion, like those are still true. And, you know, we've even said this before, there's a way to be merciful mm. if you're strong and blunt that's different but still lives that out than if you're warm and kind or warm and thoughtful or more type B. And I, I think the message that I'm leaving with from you, and I just love the way that you you challenged us as listeners, is, you know, number one, why do you wear what you wear? Like, ask that question. But number two, I, I think it's even incumbent asking people and be careful of this understanding why they wear what they wear to get to know them mm -hmm. i've gotten to know you just by listening to what you wear and we're giving messages to each other um, it's not about the first impression it's about the right impression and in this time where we really need to allow people to speak for themselves that's what jesus did yeah so I don't know. You clean up that mess. What does Jesus have to oh, say about this topic? Man, that was so good. I don't really think I... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that what you were saying, I think that what I didn't, what Jesus would say, not necessarily to clean it up, but that it applies to men as well. Yes. And it made me think about really quickly the, I styled um, a, a, a female pastor for uh, an episode called The Gospel that T.D. Jakes does. And he does like this gospel speaking, you know, whatever. And they didn't choose, if you go back and watch it on TBN, they didn't choose this this guy to be a part of this um, program because his shirt was too tight. Mm. And one of the other leaders and at T.D. Jakes' church was like, no. She's like, he is popping out of that shirt. <laughs> and he, you know, so I think that what you said was so beautiful, but I just wanted to make sure that I didn't leave without giving a true male example of that too, that you can still hit the gym all you want. It, what, what are you, what are you saying? You yeah. know, for sure. Well, I hit the gym so I can eat ice cream, but that's a whole nother time. No, Listen, I, that's <laughs> real. That is, that's real right there. So where can people find you online? And, um, you know, you have a podcast. Why don't you just tell people where they can find you? Yes, I can be found everywhere <laughs> under Toy Sweeney, T-O-I, Sweeney, all over the web. You can just Google my name. It'll tell you all of my business. I do not, I cannot hide. Um, <laughs> the podcast is streams live on Facebook. It's called The Well-Dressed Brand TV show I think you just look up well-dressed brand but if you go to Facebook and find me there's a link tree gives you all my business make sure if you're interested to check out my book it's only available on iTunes mm. in a couple of months it will be available on Amazon but right now excuse me it's only available on iTunes because Peter 
It is an interactive ebook. So there's videos where I'm interviewing celebrity fashion stylists. I'm talking to head of organizations about like when you're interviewing, when you're walking and what they're thinking about, what they're really thinking about you. Um, it's called Secrets of a Well-Dressed Brand. And um, you can download that on, on iTunes. Um, yeah. And just please connect with me and let me know what well, your thoughts are. I don't usually get ebooks, but you are going to push me to get an ebook, so I'm <laughs> buying it. So we uh, we thank you all for joining us. You can find us at whygotwhypodcast.com. The best way is to subscribe to our email, and you'll get episodes like this one and other great ones uh, this week. So thank you so very much. Have a great day.